Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Gambit. This is a topical Galaxy of Heroes podcast discussing all things Grand Arena and, as lesser degrees, uh, Territory Wars. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, our first segment is always going to be the news and what's new in Galaxy of Heroes. And we've heard all this stuff about the relics and... Um, all of the things people are calling it gear 14 and everything. So solo, what are your thoughts on relics? Uh, my what thoughts are basically, I want to know more. Uh, you know, we've gotten kind of tidbits here, tidbits there. They've slowly released information and I just don't know enough about it. And I also haven't paid enough attention to the math behind it. I know there's some people that have gone in, and have already figured out the, you know, dollar value of each relic piece or level. I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm kind of excited about it because it adds something new to the game. I'm also kind of worried about it because I still have a bunch of tunes to get to G13 and then I have to focus on 14. <laughs> what are you thinking about it? Yeah, I mean, it, it is just kind of too early um, to be able to really have a solid take on it. I know that the mobs on Reddit are absolutely uh, derisive about it, but I think that this is an opportunity for CG to kind of turn a lot of things around and the way they've been doing things. Uh, I, not, I'm not saying that they absolutely are doing that. I'm not trying to be an apologist, but... I do think that something kind of needed to change. I know that there's been a lot of talk about people saying like, well, the the disparity in uh, people who are free to play versus pay to play is, you know, widening in such a dramatic way. And I think that that's actually, there's been some valid discussion about it. Uh, maybe not quite as extreme as a lot of people are uh, saying, but. I think that this could potentially be something that brings all of the accounts a little closer to each other. Uh, I'm not sure, frankly, but I'm interested in it. I'm, I'm paying attention. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> That's yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like you though. I feel, I feel a little nervous. Like there's a lot of stuff that I'd like to, get done with gear 13 and i feel like it's been really interesting seeing the order of tunes that people are putting in on gear 13 so you know it's changed things up certainly and relics are going to change things dramatically yeah, i have a absolutely. feeling um so that's that's about it i'm sure that we're gonna get a bunch of more news for next week but um Let's move on to our results for this week. We finally have Grand Arena Championships back in our life. So good. I know that you've been excited solo. Uh, we've been talking a ton about that. And Stormlight Archive, um, intermixed. <laughs> so um, what? how did you do this week solo? Uh, not, not my best week, not my worst week. I end up going two and one. Uh, the second week, my opponent just went heavy, heavy defense, um, and I could not get past a Padme in the back. My opponent had Darth Revan, Jedi Knight Revan, Grievous, and uh, Night Sister team sitting up front, so they took a lot of my offense teams. I got to the back, and uh, I just couldn't beat his Padme team that had three g13s so i struggled in that second you know second round i came back the third round and won so it could have been worse but luckily i made it through at two and one how about you uh you know same as you in terms of it wasn't my strongest showing um also wasn't my weakest i went two and one it's really frustrating um my final round opponent was just able to clear me more efficiently like i put a great stock in clearing efficiently and i just 
I just hemorrhaged points. Like there was just a ton of times I was like, wow, only 55 banners only, you know, I didn't actually fail a single attack this entire week. <laughs> That's and nice. well, it is. And I think it just means I'm taking too much on offense to be perfectly honest. I, I took that um, my CLS team off of defense and I think I'm going to keep him on defense, but I'm going to look for some other squad to put there instead um there i just i think i'm doing too much on offense i always have one strongish team at least remaining after clearing so i think that that needs to be addressed soon you didn't clear and you're worried uh that you have too much offense and i didn't clear and i'm worried that i have too much on defense yeah it's it's funny i mean and, and I think that that's one of the great things about Grand Arena Championships. Honestly, the whole format is you can have a three-game stretch, three-match stretch, and do a good job of, you know, playing and whatever. But then you can reevaluate, and right before the next stretch, you can make your adjustments and plan accordingly. Um, you don't, you're not just, like, locked in to 12 matches of doing the exact same thing. Right. Uh, and I, I really like that. We're, we're always going to be making small adjustments. I mean, the people who have uh, that competitive mindset, at least, are going to be looking at what can I do better? How can I outplay my opponents and, you know, get the advantage? And so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this week, I saw so many different things than we had in our last championships. Like, I'd almost never faced Padme in Grand Arena, like people just kept her for offense, and now people are keeping her on defense uh, way more often. Yeah, uh, between my two accounts, I probably saw Padme five times this week. Yeah, it's no joke. Like I think my alt even saw her once on defense, um, and you know, and my alt is like one point seven million GP. So, <laughs> um, and I have a seven star Padme myself, but. She doesn't do anything because I don't have the Zetas of gear for her, but that's a totally different topic. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, uh, let's go now to our next segment, which is uh, we have a question from one of our listeners that they posted in our Discord, which we'll tell you guys about uh, the Discord stuff a little bit later, but um, they wanted to know about defenses and uh, kind of what to put on defense that defensive philosophy in grand arena and i've actually been asked this question a ton lately this week specifically people are asking what i'm doing on defense people are asking what they should do on defense with their different rosters and um so this is something that solo and i have talked about a ton this week as well so solo what is something you look at when you're placing your defenses uh... Well, two things. The first is I've. I said one. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Well, my uh, the first thing I'm focused on is, am I going to have enough offense to beat every team that somebody else is going to place on defense? And I actually witnessed this this week, where on my alt twice. I went up against just super heavy defenses and I only cleared two zones and one team and I won because they didn't have enough offense to clear, what is that, five teams? Um, so the number one thing for placing a defense is you want to make sure you have enough teams on offense that you can clear your opponents. Uh, the second thing, and can't be said enough is you want teams on defense that are going to be able to steal the banners from your opponents so perfect example look at general grievous and the droids it's all aoe's all the time you have b1 that's assisting basically on every attack and it's an aoe assist so it's very hard to get max banners against grievous which is what makes him a fantastic defense team uh, you know, Night Sisters are another one where a perfectly timed Talzin AoE is going to steal five people's health and steal five banners at the same time. So the general overview 
when we're talking about defenses that I'm looking at is it's going to be weaker than my offense because I want my offense to clear my opponent. And the teams I'm going to put on defense are going to have uh, some sort of AoEs or ability to steal my opponent's banners. Um, so, Zareth, a- after we, you know, go through and we look at our teams, we find out how much we can afford to give up on offense to put on defense. Uh, you know, we then have to place our defensive teams. So when it comes to defense placement, what are you looking at? Uh, you know, there's a few different things. And, um, you know, just to kind of touch it and just, just to go rewind a little bit here, um, I do want to point out, guys, that even though I, I agree with Solo definitely about placing your defenses with AoE, guys because that does steal banners um one thing to keep in mind is and i just recently learned this uh they're kind of they're using the same principle as in um what's it even called now i don't remember um the galactic war you know the that mode it's been forever since i played it but um back when you used to have to march through it every day you would actually get uh a certain amount of health and protection back at the end of each match it was like you gained 10 percent back like regenerated from the game just like a gift you know so if guys who were like on the very edge of death were suddenly you know had 10 percent health and 10 percent protection and they give that to you at the end of your match when you after you're um done attacking so uh if you just do like if you just put bays in there and he does his aoe and then you kill bays your whole team is going to be minus a little bit of protection, but probably not enough to actually cost you any banners. So the AOEs that you give do need to be actually a little substantial. Um, and that, that was really interesting to me. Someone was uh, showing me that. That's something to think about, certainly. Um, but beyond that, so once go, going after, uh, to answer your solo question, just about defenses that you place, um, my goal is always to try to uh, trick my opponent into using all of one certain kind of counter, one kind of team that they uh, want to use. So lately, Treya, for instance, is high in demand because she can counter everything. Like, she's good at, if she has equal gear, she's decent at countering General Grievous. She's good at countering my sisters. She can take out Geonosians easily. She can beat Padme. She can beat like basically all the teams you know and if you put the right characters in she can even beat uh jedi revan so uh, if you can find a way to kind of overload her and her output then you're going to find some success like finding a way to place my defenses in a way that kind of stresses out an opponent's roster and kind of makes them to make tough decisions is really kind of my theory um it's not it, it's not absolutely foolproof it's hard to find enough teams that treya counters that i don't want to just use for offense anyways but um that's what i've been kind of working on uh now solo i know that you've had some success this week on defense using uh, ewoks of all things like what what's going on with them what's going on with them <laughs> yeah well thanks to our stupid little challenge um I've got Paplu now up to, I think it's 308 is his initial speed. Um, that's his base speed, like before no, he that, counts No, that's the... with the bonus. His base speed okay. is 246 right now, I believe. I just added um, another 6E mod to him today, so I don't remember his speed specifically off the top of my head. I can tell you... When I'm done getting him G13, his initial speed should be around 323, though. Um, and quite frankly, I think everybody's just not looking at the mods and going in with their usual Ewok killing team. And it's stealing me a lot of banners. Twice, two out of the three have gotten at least one defense this week. So uh, they're working well at this point. So you mentioned like the bonus and for our 
viewers or <laughs> they're not viewing it, but our listeners who are uh, maybe not as acquainted with the nuances of Elda, El, I can't talk <laughs> with the nuances of Ewoks rules. Uh, what what's this bonus? Uh, well, basically, it's Peplu gets an extra twenty five percent speed when he doesn't have any buffs or taunt up. So the thing about Ewoks is after all five of them get their turn, there's going to be buffs out there. Um, but initially, at the start of battle, if you have Peplu as your fastest Ewok, there's going to be no buffs out there. He's not going to have taunt, which is considered a buff, and he's going to gain an extra 25% turn meter uh, at the start. So it's easy for him even though he's not that fast in general, it's easy for him to outspeed any other team, basically, because most people don't have three a 308 speed team other than, you know, their Jedi Knight Revens or their Darth Revens. And it's easy to catch people off guard because you could go into that battle with JTR and just smoke Ewoks because of BB-8's bonus turn meter. But most people aren't going to think about that because most people face, uh, you know, the slow Ewoks that uh, almost nothing boss cleed can can outrun. They're but, um, and Ewoks are just really, uh, they're just so annoying to face when they actually start getting turns because even a team, even an Ewok team with zero speed mods, as long as they have that chirpa. Zeta on them, like they just take a million turns. It can be really hard, and they're and they're dazing you and removing your own turn meter, and it can be a nightmare. Honestly, like they're, you know, the death by paper cut thing is true. Like they don't do much damage, but if they each take five turns before you can go, and your ability blocked, like there's not much you can do. Kind of. Yeah, I find them very similar to the Geos, where one takes a turn and you just sit there and watch about eight different attacks before you get to go again. And you just have to pray whoever they decided to attack is still standing at the end. Yeah, it's true. Um, I'm actually excited to get them up to a pretty reasonable gear level on my alt. And uh, just because if I want to put them on defense, then they could surprise people. But they can also take a surprising number of teams out on offense which I guess that's not necessarily what we're talking about in this segment. But um, yeah, the, that Ewok team can really surprise people. And, and really, that's kind of the, the point here. Like, it's in terms of like the defenses that we're trying to set, we're not going to have eight really, really, really strong defensive teams because we need enough offense, like you say, to clear all of our opponent's teams, whatever they're going to place, just because we need to get all those banners if we want to make it into Kyber and want to compete with in the greater scheme of things. Um, but, and that leaves, that leaves a bunch of just like random extra teams that we have to place on defense. And so if you can find something surprising that your opponent is not necessarily well-equipped to deal with, I think that that's, that's also a really strong element to defense yeah and i think playing off of that is uh whenever a new team comes out so i had the clones geared before this rework and i had three zetas saved expecting the next meta and so i was able to get them out there this ga before ga started fully zetaed and everyone but shock t is uh at least g12 I actually got Echo up to G13 before G8A started. And so I put them on defense just because I knew people wouldn't have, you know, all the counter videos out on YouTube and there's not much community information on how to beat them. So I put them on defense this past week just to cause troubles for people. And again, that's another team that I think I got two wins out of just because people don't know how to counter it. Yeah, I, and I think that's wise. I think people are starting to wise up a little bit about Geonosians, for instance. You know, I, I saw them a lot on defense last time, but, um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here. 
but um yeah trying to do something that's gonna that people aren't well equipped to face is really i think that's a pretty winning strategy all right jared so we're talking about defenses and that leads to how to counter those defenses um and we were talking about factions of the week in prior podcasts, but we decided to switch it to a counter of the week because, you know, the one thing that really got us started down this path is we made the counter Google Doc uh, that shows all the teams we faced. It shows all the teams we used to beat those teams. And then most importantly, we have a link to that individual battle via YouTube Um to show the counters and how to actually counter rather than just a quick, you know, leader versus leader uh, picture on a chart. So now that we're doing this counter of the week, I know you have a video up of CLS uh, countering geos. So we're going to talk about how to counter geos. So uh, how does CLS work against them? So I think the way you counter geos, I mean, you have the Treya counter, which we'll talk about in a little bit, that kind of does it a little differently. But beyond that, there's there's not a way to do it other than just doing a stupid amount of damage to them. It, you can kind of think of the squad as like one squad with, I don't know, I haven't done the math, but you know, 500,000 effective hit points or something absurd like that. Like it's it's... It's like that. They're sharing all of their hit points, and they're actually, every turn, regenerating a bunch of health and protection in aggregate. So the way you have to deal with it is just insane amounts of offense. Um, I made a video previously uh, with using Jedi Training Ray countering Geos, and I think that works. And now I made the CLS one. Both of them, basically, they both use, the both of those counters use C-3PO, and they just abuse his expose because it's 20% of a character's health. So even if you're attacking someone with a huge health pool, if you're doing a percentage health damage, you're actually still causing, you're causing a huge amount. You're actually doing more to the group by doing that percent health rather than, you know, just straight up damage. Uh, one of the things that I learned, though, using Commander Luke is, and I think this probably applies to Jedi Training Ray, is targeting uh, one of the weaker characters in the Geonosian squad, like Poggle or Soldier. And, you know, you'll kind of be whittling them down the entire time. Uh, you know, and every time you take a turn, their health and protection equalizes, and it's frustrating, whatever. But once you can get one of those weaker characters that has fewer hit points and protection, if you can just do one big hit from Han or Luke or whoever, then that Geonosian is still going to bite the dust and go down. And then they're not contributing to the overall health pool. So uh, just in terms of their health pool, that's that's definitely something to pay attention to. And I, I could talk in just a minute about um, kind of targeting order and targeting priority. But um, Solo, I know that you have used a, a lot of different versions of the Treya counter. What, what kind of things do you need to look at in terms of countering Geonosians with Treya? And how, how does well, that work? Well, so the basic uh, theory behind it is Treya has uh, an ability where your opponent's going to lose health or protection when they attack out a turn. Now, the Geo team is basically based around attacking out a turn because when one attacks, they all attack. So the point of the Treya counter is survive long enough so that uh, they basically kill themselves. They'll drop themselves to red. Uh, that unique with Treya, she can't kill them that way, but you basically just need to take one turn and knock out their entire team after they've attacked you, you know, seven or eight times. The trick is you just have to survive. So... You can usually get an undersized win with the Treya team. 
the way to do it the safest is to add Zerus if you have her. You know, go in with Treya, Scion, and Zerus. That way, you're healing. Uh, you don't have to worry about too many critical hits or your health getting whittled down. And they just, they, they withstand it. Um, the one thing I will say is if you're going against G13 Geos, you want to bring in a full team. Uh, just because they attack so much and they're hitting hard enough that when they're G13, you need to kind of spread out some of the hits because they can, even the G12 Geos, if they focus on Scion, they can take him out if you're not careful. And then that can mess up any points you would have gotten from going in undersized. So with Treya, it's kind of weather the storm and let them take themselves out and... Hopefully you're still alive at the end. Um, so uh, the final team that we kind of talk about is Jedi Training Ray, which you briefly touched on already. How'd you find uh, Ray against the Geos? When it's theoretical at this point in terms of facing them in Grand Arena with Jedi Training Ray, because I actually had the opportunity this last, my final match, and I just decided I, I'd heard that Commander Luke was something that other people were thinking of. And it got me to thinking, you know, I, I found a few videos and really I, I kind of just uh, went with it. You know, I've tested it a bunch. Um, Jedi Training Ray is, I mean, it, it's so dependent on just having a ton of turns and being able to just continually hit the Geonosians without them going. So, um, and really that that's true for Commander Luke as well. It's all about turn meter train. It's all about trying to, you know, make sure that you get, you get all the turns and the key characters don't get the turns that they want. And um, one thing to consider is the Brood Alpha is really the, the key piece. I mean, not not only is he the one who has the entire hive mind buff. If he goes away, then a hive mind goes away, and you, they're just kind of fish in a barrel. They're all really easy to take out once he's gone. Um, you know, and you you don't have the brute that can be summoned anymore. All that. He's also really strong because he dispels everything, and um, that dispel is almost more harmful than anything else the brute alpha does, just because. Uh, if you're trying to stun people or daze them or whatever, it's effective on Geonosians. But if he gets to go, he'll cleanse all of that. And then you're just left with a really strong, really angry group of Geonosians. Uh, and that's the same with Poggle. He also has a <laughs> dispel. So one thing that you want to keep in mind with both Jedi Training Ray and Commander Luke is first you want to slow down the brute alpha however you can if you can stun him great if you can ability block him or uh, do just do whatever uh, you can to stop him um put days on him reduce turn meter with mind trick whatever do that to brute alpha right away and then the other key is to get rid of the brute's taunt in some way like get rid of it you know whenever he goes he regains his taunt if he counters he regains his taunt so like with Jedi Training Ray, you can shoot him, uh, you know, you can use the Dispel on the Taunt with the Mind Trick. You can, um, if you're stealthed with R2 or something, you can have Re Resistance Trooper shoot the Brute or the brute, and get rid of his Taunt that way. But one way or another, that needs to go away. And then you shift your offense to a character who has less armor because you want to make the most damage that you can throughout the thing and um you know that's usually Geonosian soldier or poggle or spy is a great target if he's not stealthed which he usually is but i mean the key is just to continually go um and one other piece i guess that you want to keep in mind is poggle also has a cleanse so if you can stun him or ability block him at at some point using r2 using you know, whatever resources you have at your disposal, that's also going to work to your advantage. So 
if you want more information, of course, there is uh, that video that we've referenced. We using Commander Luke that I created um, using Luke to beat Geonosians. And I actually have a couple uh, fights using Commander Luke against Watt as well. Uh, Watt being the fifth instead of Poggle. So if you want to see Watt in action, you know, a, a really strong one. He's like five stars and solid. Um, you can check that out. I also have that video using Jedi Training Ray to counter Geonosians. And that those links will be in the uh, podcast description at the bottom here. You can also just search Zareth, spelled X-A-E-R-E-T-H, on YouTube, and you can find my channel that way. Uh, anyways, there those are the primary counters that Solo and I are looking at right now for Geonosians. There's also a, kind of a rogue element that could be said to counter Geonosians, and I know that Solo has a pretty distinct take on how awesome they are, but um, <laughs> so why don't you talk about that a little bit, Solo, if you would. Okay. Yeah, uh, the other counter for Geos is... Uh... The Jawas, you get them basically up to G11, um, and Scavenger, based on his unique, will apply thermal detonators for every hit, basically, on the Jawa. And so what happens is, the Geos take two turns, and then about ten thermal detonators go off, uh, and basically eliminates your entire Geo team. And so, it's great... So if we're talking about something like Territory Wars, it's probably not a bad idea other than you have to bring your Jawas to G11, which uh, that gear can be used better for everyone else. But when you're talking about Grand Arena, where everybody's trying to do undersized wins or using banner regeneration or protection regeneration to maximize their banners, this Jawa team is basically designed as a self-destruct team where you're going to use them, you can get the win, which is great, except for you're going to finish with 40-something banners because you're going to lose three Jawas along the way. Um, so is it an option? Yes. If you're stuck and you just happen to have G11 Jawas, great, then you can use them. Um, but it's not something I would advise. Uh, instead... We mentioned the counter spreadsheet. I advise going to the counter spreadsheet that we have, which the link is in the bottom of, you know, going to be in the info for this podcast. You can see the counters. You can see how CLS counters um, the geos. You can see how Trey counters the geos. And you can see how JTR counters the geos. And you can see that you're going to finish with. 57 58 plus banners every time rather than wasting your time with gearing a bunch of jawas for 40 something banners um so with that that's kind of the counter of the week segment which leaves us to talk about our alts which we've already sort of start started to do but Jareth, how'd your alt do this week uh, my alt is now in Division 6. It's a big promotion for him. He's a big deal now. Or a bigger deal. <laughs> um, and my opponents... Actually, my first round opponent, I was like, man, I Division 6 is tough. Um, but, you know, and, and just for your for our listeners' reference, my, my alt is at 1.7 million GP. So there are a lot of different teams that people don't have available uh, there's a lot of really interestingly geared things that happen in division six so um my first round was actually kind of tough and i think that could have been the finals honestly that was by far the hardest match um so i went three and oh easily full cleared all three of my opponents with almost max banners each time um none of them could beat my gear 13 general grievous so it, I don't know, but it went well. Um, I, I, other than that, I don't really know what to say. It was it was amusing to see how many attacks people put on General Grievous. I feel kind of guilty. 
but not that, Yeah, G13 Grievous below 2 million is just kind of mean at that point. I know. I, I, I'm struggling. I'm trying to feel guilty. It's not working. <laughs> How did you, your Elt end up doing in Grand Arena this week, Solo? Oh, it was frustrating. Like I said above, um, you know, my Alt for some reason, faced a bunch of people that just put everything on defense. So I went 2-1. and one. Uh, I probably should have gone 3-0, and oh, but I decided to test some teams out, which did not work. Uh, but I only had one full clear because of just people were putting, I mean, every team that they had geared well was on defense and so it was frustrating because i was getting the wins but only clearing two territories which is killing the feats because you know they have that one feat that you have to clear 18 territories and then i think the second one is going to be 24 territories and here i am only getting through two even though i'm winning twice um so it was a kind of a successful but at the same time frustrating week for the all I can tell you, when it comes to prepping that account, I now have my third Ewok, uh, Lagre. He's 12 plus 5, getting ready for this G13 Ewok team. And I got my Shakti to G11, hopefully being ready for the next meta. In fact, on my alt which is ridiculous drop rates for Shakti compared to my main. I think I'm 20, uh, 20 shards ahead on Shakti than I am on my main, which is quite frustrating. I should, I should have Shakti six star or uh, five star by the end of uh, probably Thursday, I think on that. all. Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that was, it was a, pretty decent week i would say cool well and in in terms of um in terms of the ewok challenge that we're going on i i should just say my ewoks are some of them are actually gear 11 now uh i think at least two of them maybe three i don't remember but they're actually a huge part of my offense right now at at 1.7 so i mean i don't know what all gps are listeners are at but just something to think about ewoks aren't necessarily like that they're absolutely not meta but they have a really solid use in the game still i mean solo's talking about getting the extra defenses with them on it on an account that's at five million gp um so they're useful there they're extremely useful i i use them every single round in uh, on offense for Grand Arena at 1.7. So they're absolutely a team that even if you hate Ewoks, there might be something worth looking at, you know, and they help you unlock C-3PO, who's one of the most useful characters in the game currently. They're they're not bad. Just a piece of advice for yes. our listeners who disdain Ewoks, much like Solo does, yeah. <laughs> even, as, he's, even as they're helping him. He still hates them. That's kind of where we were on our alts. Now let's talk about our main accounts. Um, Zareth, what did you do to prepare for Grand Arena this past week? <laughs> Why did you have to ask me that? <laughs> I've I've done like almost nothing, and that that sounds horrible. Like I get it. Um, and really, I've done something very big. I've I've been farming. Uh, what's her name? Shock T. At like crazy as much as i can um, i'm even spending crystals on her in shipments i think she is potentially a really important piece of the upcoming legendary that they've hinted at but haven't announced yet and really i mean i think it's going to be an epic confrontation so we're going to have like a three-day window to be able to unlock whoever it is so i've been farming her I have a ton of gear that's just stockpiled. I think Solo, I think I was telling you, I have like 13 carb carbantes. I don't know how you say that out loud. Carbs. Um, I have like 13 of those just sitting there doing nothing. Um, I have a similar number of cuffs. 
I have a ton of stuff just stockpiled, but I've applied, I think I've applied zero gear this week, or if I've applied any, it's, it's just been like this, you know, random gear 12 pieces. That said, I do have a Zeta available that I'm probably going to stash on fives before the GA lock. I will also be um, working on getting Peplu's speed up a little bit, even though he's on my main account. I think he's already decently fast. I think I can squeeze a little bit more out of him. And then um, I also need to remod my uh, range trooper. He's he's actually the limiting factor in the in my Stark team as a counter to uh, Django lead, which. I've realized after GA lock. So, um, you know, just because Stark is so much faster, he, he gives everyone plus 10% turn meter or plus 20%, but that's still not necessarily enough to bring range trooper all the way up to, uh, pat to beyond where Stark was when he started. So you kind of need to just like pull the whole team far enough up, but one of them needs to also help, and so Range Trooper is the one to do that because he has a few buffs of his own. So I'm going to hopefully get him faster. Everyone gets speed, apparently, and um, I think I have the gear to be able to put gear 13 on B1 before lock as well. So uh, there is a, there's a few things that are planned. I guess I'm going to have to do that tonight because lock happens at some point tomorrow afternoon and i'll be busy so solo what have you done i know that you've really been focused on farming shakti as well what other things i have been much like you i think uh shakti and the clones are going to be a big part of the next meta whether it's to obtain the next meta or become the next meta uh i want to be there so you know i got before this last round, I got Echo G13. Uh, my clones were... They were all G12, which was nice, but they really didn't have any pieces on them. So this past week, I got both Fives and Rex within one piece away from G13. Uh, Rex actually already has the finisher. He's just missing one of the G12 Plus pieces. Um fives is missing his finisher so that's kind of what i did this week i spent a lot of time reworking my defense and my offense to try and figure out how to balance it a little differently um other than that it was just farm shock t because the clones took forever to get five pieces on each one of them yeah i'm i'm trying to figure out their gear and it's it's kind of a hassle for sure out so you and i kind of discussed tonight what um one of the things we're going to be changing in our defensive strategy uh, well in our strategy overall and um i i feel like it would maybe help the discussion um we could talk about that a little bit here as well um just the changes that we're going undergoing and so um one thing that we've been talking about um it's kind of been a theme in our discussions in the last match at least was um geonosians being used on offense as a count potential counter to night sisters you know what's funny about that um i talked about that and then i reworked my defense and i took the clones off defense and now honestly i think at least until we get the next legendary I still might use clones for Night Sisters, um, and then figure out a different team for Geos, just because I don't know what it is, but there's something about Geos that scare me about going up against a full G13 Night Sister team. Yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily know that I would trust Geonosians to take out Night Sisters, so you would trust your Gear Twelve clones. Or mostly, I should say, mostly Gear 12 clones against Nice Sisters. I think I would, yeah. Because I, I watched um, a video uh, of somebody using their clones against Night Sister. And basically what happens is, you know, Shakti has the 
uh, dispel on her basic. And so what's happening is she gives everybody retribution. Somebody, or Talzin does her AoE. They kill the zombie. That way when you have your round of attacks before zombie gets another turn, there's no taunt up. (laughs) So you can get, you know, two quick kills on Daka, and then zombie will get her taunt back. Somebody will attack. Zombie gets dispelled again, and then you get another quick attack to kill another member of the team. So I, I think clones might actually become my night sister counter. Really interesting. What kind of Zetas do you think is are necessary for that? Like what could you leave off to be a night sister's counter? Well, uh, I actually, you know, I love the five Zeta. I think it's a great Zeta. I don't think you need it for this night sister team. Um, just because this is GA and on offense, you don't want to be losing anybody. So <laughs> losing fives isn't in the plan. So I don't think you would need his. Um, I do think, though, that the Echo Zeta actually becomes big. Now that everybody has transitioned to using Spirit, you know, she gains the Foresight, and with the Echo Zeta, he's going to deal 20% max health damage every time she evades. So you do a Clone Sergeant AoE, and he does basically 20% max health damage to Spirit because she's going to evade it thanks to Foresight. So I think the Echo one is going to be big. Um, You know, Rex's Zeta is just a fantastic Zeta as well uh, with the reduced cooldowns because that's a team that's going to like using their specials between fives uh, calling, you know, a clone to assist or... Echo dispelling on his AoE. I do think if you're using them for offense, you're going to want the Shock T lead Zeta because you're going to recover the health and protection. And then, um, as I said, Shock T is giving out the retribution, so you're going to need that Zeta as well. I love the clone rework, but unfortunately, you know, this is a Zeta, Zeta heavy investment with them. Yeah, it's no joke. I'm in the middle of that investment. It's not fun. My all is not looking forward to that one as well. But the team is a fantastic team. Um, So this was a long way around. We're talking about defense teams. I end up talking about clones against uh, Night Sisters. But um, we got here because you were talking about well, we're both going to be pulling Geos off of defense now because, like we said earlier, they're kind of figured out. And for the same reason, I'm going to be pulling the clones off defense because they're such a strong offense team. And that led me to completely reworking my defense because now I'm pulling uh, two teams off of it. Um, So when you're talking about reworking your defense... You actually said that you wanted to do it stronger. So what are you looking to do? You know, how are you reworking your defense? I'm not quite sure yet, honestly. <laughs> um, one thought I've had, and I need to figure out what else, what what I want to do with this. But if I can trust Geonosians on offense against Night Sisters, which is a big if, granted, uh, maybe I'll put Padme on defense. So here's my, I'm probably going to do the same thing, and it makes me feel dirty doing it because she's just such a good offensive team. Here's my problem. If I'm going to start using CLS to counter Geos, there's one of two people that I want on that team. You know, you talked about 3PO and what he helps do. The other option is using Azaris because she's going to constantly heal the team. Um, Unfortunately, both of them are needed for the Padme team. So it's a question of, do you use 3PO on the Padme defense or do you use Azaris with Padme? That way you have 3PO for the CLS offense. Yeah, and that's a great question. I I tend to think that Barris is great on defense on that team uh just because 
she i don't know that she necessarily unilaterally shuts down the emperor palpatine counter but i know that she really slows it down quite a bit just because she's always she's constantly dispelling and healing and um yeah she's she's another person who can attack with uh the extra protection which i mean or not protection but the extra courage and i mean that is something to be said for her even though she doesn't hit hard on her own using those stacks of courage is pretty nice compared to c3po who just keeps accumulating stacks of courage throughout the match and doesn't actually ever use them so i i kind of like having maris in there and then 3po can go with whoever that's that's also a good point i don't know i think this ga i'm gonna play around with it and see if i'm using cls to counter the geos i might do one round with each uh, one round with 3PO, one round with Xeris. Kind of see who works better. And then make my defensive decision based on making sure I can beat the Geos. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's really important. I want to make sure that I can do that. What I would really like to do is put Geonosians and Padme both on defense at some point. That would be the dream. I would need a good Night Sisters counter first, though, because... You know, you need to beat Night Sisters, but I would really like to be able to put Geonosians and uh, Padme on defense because the best counter to both of those is Treya right now. And so people are going to have to start making hard choices. Well, if you see me cursing in our guild chat, you'll know that the clones did not work with Night Sisters because you know Night Sisters are going to be on defense and. I'm going to give him a try unless, you know, I'm going up against a ridiculously modded Night Sister team. But we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Well, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they do on Night Sisters as well. But that basically wraps it up. Uh, one thing I did want to shout out, guys, is we have a Discord for this podcast and people have been joining. It's, uh, been really cool we've been talking about counters and strategy and people have been posting ridiculous memes it's been good so um i even think so we had like a post in the recruitment section so uh and and that's also the place you go to have your topic discussed uh you know we talked about defenses a lot tonight because of one of our questions so Please, guys, you know, if you want to come hang out with us, just talk about Grand Arena a little bit, then uh, our Discord channel or server, whatever you want to call it, it is at the bottom of the uh, show description here. Um, and and like I said previously, if, if you need a link and you can't find it because you're on Spotify or something else, you can always just search for uh, Zareth on youtube and i have that link i have all the links in my video descriptions there as well so uh thank you guys all so much for listening this has been the gambit have a good week everyone